Hello and welcome to episode 48. 48? Yeah. <laughs> I asked like a second ago what it was and it was 48. 48 of Mooncast. Um, I'm sorry it's not the next chapter of the story. Um, I know some of you, there's a few comments that you were, you were desperate for the next one after the cliffhanger I left you on. But um, I've just been really busy with work, so I have another chat. I've, I've written about three quarters of the next chapter. Oh, cool. Um, so I'm getting there, but we've not Any quite. Lines for me? Yeah, yeah, they'll be they'll be yeah, lines yeah, for you. Yeah. They'll be lines for you. <laughs> um, so, but we've got Joe on as well. So I've got, I've got this might, might be the first three person podcast I've done. Yeah, I think. Yeah. So we've got three of us. So Joe's on the line. You still there, Joe? Oh yeah, still here. <laughs> well, I can't see your picture anymore, but you're still there. That's fine. So, uh, so Joe's on the line, and Jack's here as well. Um, and we're going through the latest um, errata on the cards. Uh, so as of the date, which will be the 31st of March, Joe, is being released? Should be 31st of March, yes. It'll be 31st of March 2023, just in case anyone's listening to this in two years' time. Um, to make it clear, that's, that's what, when we're sort of, that's the date of this errata. So, um, yeah, if things change again in the future, you'll know where, when this one's, this one's been done. Um, quite a lot to get through, actually. There's a lot of changes. Some of them just small changes, which won't take much time to explain, um, and some which we'll have probably a greater discussion on. Um, we'll do it. Well, we're going to do it by the list that Joe's given me <laughs> to keep it easier. Um, it's kind of done by abilities. So, certain abilities that have changed that several models have, we've kind of grouped them together. Um, and like I said, some of the changes will be minor. Some of them um, are slightly more significant, I suppose. But the ones that are minor, we'll probably just mention them. Um, and one of them is a literal minor, but we'll get on to him later. <laughs> one of them is a literal minor, yeah, just to give a little hint there of what you might hear in a minute. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I noticed Cabinet and Stanley both have changed. Yeah. We, we've been changed, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. Um, I think that's everything to go with at the moment. So we'll start from the top. Uh, so just to fill anyone in who doesn't know, by the way, Joe, uh, I think you should know most of you, Joe is obviously the chief playtester for, for Moonstone. So um, I will let Joe do more of the explanation as to why the changes have happened. Um, uh, and then we can we can chat about anything that we sort of all think about it as we go on. Does that make sense, Joe? Yeah, sounds good to me. Cool. So number one is Kavanagh. Jack, you're the first one in. Um, and the change is quite a minor one, isn't it? I think it's just he's now been given the rogue keyword. Yep. It's um, interesting. So because is he the first Leshevolt rogue? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Um, so oh, it seems like a minor change. Can you can you elaborate for us, Joe, why he's been given the rogue keyword? I was slightly intrigued by this one. I was like, it's minor, but it's so minor that it's quite interesting. It's, it, it, it's nothing. You should probably not pay attention to this one. You know, like when we added the Norse keyword to Brynhildr, Joanna and Loki. Yeah, you probably shouldn't pay attention to this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, future proofing for something. Uh, I think I'll leave okay. it there. <laughs> Okay, fair. I kind of thought that's what you might say. I thought you might be keeping your your cards close to your chest on that one. Literally. That's like literally, yeah. Um, I kind of thought, well, I was suspicious 
of this one, but um, also intriguing. So yeah, I'm afraid listeners, you'll have to wait. You'll have to wait. What a tragic shame that is. You love cliffhangers, you guys. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to make some some assumptions that there's going to be more roads where you can build things by keyword, but mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I actually generally don't know. I'm literally making guesses. Um, okay, well, let's move on to the next two because the next two uh, can go as a, as a pair, which is the mm. two airships. Um, so there's been a minor change to the wording of up, up and away, isn't there? And it's tiny on this screen I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, do you mind reading it, DJ? You probably see it better. I, I want. I forgot. I was showing my screen. I can do something called zoom in, but it is really <laughs> tiny. Yeah. But so, to summarise it, it's uh, I would say a common sense change. Yeah, <laughs> no, it logical change. I think it was something we. I think we were playing that. So already. east and east the block lines are now no longer blocks. Line yeah. Site, yeah. Um, and yeah. can't suffer from falling damage, which also makes sense. Yeah. Because it's plenty. So yeah. Couple of common sense changes on the airships. Um, makes sense. They they no longer provide cover. Um, they no longer block line of sight. Um, and they they no longer suffer damage from falling, which just seems really obvious when you think about it. What about this is a question for you, Jay? What about when you think can one airship block line of sight to another airship? Um, rules as written, no. And I think the way sort of our um see it in my mind is they could just be floating at different sort of levels because yeah. they're constantly going up and down and i imagine a, an inflatable frog might have slightly different buoyancy properties to a well-crafted <laughs> gnomish um invention so i could definitely see it as them sort of flying at different heights there is also one other really really tiny change on the gnomish airship which isn't on the goblin oh, airship yeah. and i think jack might as well it there yeah so there's a few abilities in the game which are deal damage and move something away. Um, and we change it across a couple of cards to be instead of damage and move, it's damage then move, which is the same as how it resolves before, but we think it just reads slightly better. So yes, if you... Fusion, basically. Mm. You say, oh, no, now it's too far away, what happens? But it's very clear that happens afterwards. And yeah, for um, Moonstones, uh, a lot of the time it's relevant so if something's mm. on one wound remaining and has a moonstone and it's killed like by an ability like fizzle pop is the model moved before dying or is it not so the way it, so the way it is resolved is they suffer damage die drop the stone and then the move is irrelevant and um, we're hoping that the popping the word then in after the damage makes it slightly more um what's the word i'm looking for i'm um, thinking yeah, unambiguous, yeah. that's the word. There's, there's a lot of changes we've made with yeah. regards to ambiguity just to make things as sort of clear-cut as possible. Yeah, that makes sense, because like, if you've got players who haven't had a discussion about a rule, mm. it kind of slows the game down and it, leads to, it can lead to disagreements, whereas if it's just really clearly written, which mm. um, which kind of come, I think that, that, I mean, it comes by reading the cards more and more, checking things and, and doing these kind of erratas, but it can also come with just, cards being out a while and people saying they've had problems um yeah 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 this one i've been asked about a couple of times i thought whilst doing it around to just sort of sprinkle some words then in i think there's a couple of characters like freya where we've literally just the entire change was replacing the word and with then and I don't think we've marked that as an like an official errata change just because it's one word but there are up the updated cards are on the website 
but where there's been like other big changes like you know with the up up and away here we have marked it as uh, sort of an errata version okay cool cool well that's those two mm. what, next? We've got uh, dim and dimmer yeah speaking um, of ambiguity <laughs> Uh, so yeah, got... no, this one's definitely a good change. Well, dim and dim, um, if we do dim and dim and bolder, because they're basically yeah. the same. Yeah, and and you are dying to get to the Yeah. So just to clarify, so we're looking at bolder, dim and dimmer, muridine, seasick, and the change for mm. all of them, I think, is just on their signature. Yep. Um, I don't know if any other changes are there. It's just yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Just that on them. Um, and the enemy signature. Yeah, so on all of them, previously it said things like if the enemy suffered any wounds as a result of this attack, they gain slow. If this enemy suffered any wounds as a result of this attack, it says if an enemy suffered one or more wounds during this round of melee, they now gain slow. Mm. Um, so is that basically kind of meaning if they suffered damage previously in that? It's um so so if they deal uh wounds during the round of combat that's currently being resolved, that's when the additional effect triggers. So as well as these four, see um I think it's Poppycock and Librarian also have signatures where it's deal wounds get an additional effect. But I think all six of them were worded slightly differently. Uh oh, and which which yeah. could reasonably imply that they resolve differently but no not the intention they always are all supposed to resolve exactly the same so we jogged we sort of updated the wording so they all read exactly the same that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense so basically they actually work exactly the same way as they did before yep. but they've just been worded the same to make it easier for people to read exactly <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense simplifying simplifying things is always a good idea mm, um, yeah and just, I, I won't talk about DW doing that <laughs> <laughs> on a podcast, but yeah. Um, yeah, okay, cool. Well, that's an easy one for those four then. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll move on, I think, to the next ones. It's it's another, um, it's another, uh, yeah, it's another um, end step effect one. So yeah. Silver Tongue writes in, in his end step effect, there's a line after the current end of step effect, which says that the effect takes place. The end step effect takes place even if the enemy is outside this character's melee range. So previously, rules as written, um, threats and promises would reduce the damage you'd suffer. But if your opponent was out the melee range, you wouldn't give them energy. Rules as written, which was definitely not rules as intended. Mm. So we popped that little line on at the end just to um, make it rules as written now as well. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah, because the standard rules for end step effect is if they're out, is you can't you can't affect your opponent if you're out if um they're outside your melee range. So mm -hmm. this kind of works because you you could still even if you can't hit them you could still make a threat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I quite like I quite I think I think that's a good change. I think it's good for both those characters as well because better promises is fun. But they've both got one inch melee ranges, so there was often chances where they just couldn't use it and it felt a bit useless. Yeah. Um, that kind of make makes those two basically makes those two slightly better. Um I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't think either of them are so so tremendously strong, particularly in combat, that that this will impact them negatively. So yeah. So yeah, that's Duchess and Silver Tongue for anyone who hasn't realized what we're talking about. And um, they both have exactly the same um signature called threats and promises. Um, and just to read it out as written now, 
the enemy character gains three energy and may not target this model with an action for the remainder of the turn. This effect takes place even if the enemy model is outside the counter melee range. So this makes it slightly more powerful. Like, is that now the only entered effect that takes place outside of the melee zone like that? Um, Voth's technically does, but he's a special scenario character, so yeah, yeah, so not, not yeah, okay, yeah, Boom. but I think, yeah, everyone else's NCEP is resolved as well as, as normal, okay, Natty in the middle there as well, yeah, got Natty, Natty. So, Natty. Is Anya, yeah, Natty oh, yeah. and Anya, yeah, so should we move on to Natty and Anya then, mm -hmm. so, um. The reason we've got Natty and Anya together is because they both have Look of Innocence and it's changed for both of them. Anya's got more changes, so we'll cover the one, the change that's, that's common for both of them, and then we can move on to, to Anya. Um, so the change is to Look of Innocence. Currently, Look of Innocence says any models must discard one energy to target this model with an action, where it now says when an enemy targets this character with an action, the active enemy model must discard one energy or the action is cancelled. Um, so again, it just kind of clears up any possible confusion, doesn't it? Um, yeah, this one is basically for mind control. So if you mind control one of your models to attack a look of innocence model, the question beforehand was, so who's the enemy who discards the energy? Um, we've used the word active enemy model here to make it sort of slightly more clear. It's the model using mind control, not the model which is attacking the look of innocence model, if that makes um, sense. Yeah, oh, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, just, yeah. Again, another one of those little changes that just keeps the rules consistent um, mm. and with less confusion, which is always a good thing. Um, so that sounds good. So that's yeah. that's the one that's common between Natty and Anya. Oh, Natty's got an additional one change to her end step effect. Um, called with Cut Purse. If this character was not slain, then it may take possession of up to one Moonstone carried by the enemy. Um, yeah, yeah, which kind of makes sense. If you're dead, you can't do it, but you can't yeah. go on Moonstone. But I guess you could say he takes it, dies, and then drops it further away, I suppose. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's another clarity one because, yeah, technically the order of operations would well, in a, in a word, be weird in that a model yeah. who was no longer on the board would take possession of a Moonstone, which. There. So whilst we were there, mod, uh, updating Look of Innocence, we thought we'd stick that in. Step effects change on, uh, update on as well to make that more clear. Cool, cool, cool. A nice, a nice, again, a nice clear addition to the rules there. Um, and then there's an addition to both Anya and Strigger Anya. I like this one. I was looking at this one just a moment ago. So um, again, I, I would. I don't know if how. I think we'd always played it, but. You activate trigger on you immediately if you change, but I suddenly realised that we should have done because they're actually a different character. So what? Yeah, so what it was before remove necklace was this character is removed from play and replaced by trigger on you. Trigger on gets two energy possession of all the moonstones the character carrying and suffers an amount of wounds equal to the wounds of the worst character. So technically, you then shouldn't activate trigger on you because it's a separate model, yeah. separate character. We've always played that you do. I can't believe, never <laughs> I can't believe we, oh. we, we thought about that. We always just played that it's the same person and you just keep them going. Oh, that but was definitely... 
Yeah, that was definitely rules as intended there. There's, what, yes. there's a lot of ones on here which are, well, we've always played it like this, but technically I suppose it doesn't work like that. We'll just write it on so it also Yeah, like I think, to be fair, I think the reason that we always played it like that is because I playtested this with Tom when in the early days, and that's how we played uh, it, the playtest with yeah, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> so like, we just kept doing it, even though it wasn't actually written like that. Um, yeah. What it now says, just to say anyone who's not seen it, um, she now gains four energy, which is brilliant. Yes. Rather than just two, you can get four. And, and it costs four, so she has to get one from somewhere else. But that's um, so Granda gains energy and suffers wounds equal to those already on his character, along with all wounds that character is carrying, and any stat modifications or abilities it has gained. I like that as well. So if the, if you've gained plus one melee or plus one arcane, whatever, for whatever reason, Strigrandi gets that. Particularly if you've got a way, I can't think of one, of like reducing the evade, then that's awesome. Um, continue Anya, Anya Bartle's activation with Strigger Anya. It may not jog if Anya Bartle already did this turn. So, yeah. Now gets four. Now gets four, yes. It's also been made better. Yeah. Um, so, 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 definitely now. now. Yeah, definitely rules written now as intended. Um, uh, and that's now the same on the opposite one for replace necklace for Strigger Anya. Same thing kind of applies, but gains one energy. Um, used to gain two, so it gains less when it changes back to Anya Bartol, but more when it changes to Anya. Yep. Um, and then the same, and then the same, I think, um, yeah, and the same with the end step effect. Yeah. So, in a nutshell, end step effects and replace necklaces have had a bunch of text added to them to reduce rules ambiguity, ambiguity make. It's technically rules as written work a lot better. But also an actual mechanical buff. She now gains four energy when turning into Strigger Anya, but getting slightly less when transforming back into Anya Bartle. She is absolutely terrifying when she comes in with four energy compared to two energy is what we found in our playtests. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's um, so and I quite, scary. I, I quite like the fact that she only gets plus one pretending back and it makes you want to stay as Strigger Anya. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I tend to find whenever I've played, well, I, I like Anya Bartle. I've always liked her. I play her quite a lot. Whenever I change the trigger Anya, I never really intend to change back. No. I kind of intend to. I kind of, that's I, the rampage. Then. That's the rampage times. So I tend to change to. I tend to keep Anya Bartle as she is. Move her up, do healing, and pick up moonstones maybe, or do, you know, just be a bit of a pain in pain in the ass with Look of Innocence and Swift. <laughs> and when I feel like when I feel like it's time to change, I change. Got a massive rampage. Expect her. Expect her to die at the end of it. Um. And I know they've ever changed back and back. <laughs> so, <laughs> I quite like changing back now and again because it's because you have this sort of this trigger Anya who runs in something, absolutely mauls it, but she has absolutely no defensive tech whatsoever. Um, yeah. If she gets to the end of her rampage and has four energy left now, she can transform back into Anya Bartol, who is far more evasive, has look of innocence, and um, the reason she gains one energy when going back into her Anya Bartol form is uh, it's enough to swift so she goes from very very squishy glass cannon into swift look of innocence minus one evade model and when she yeah. and when strigger anya comes in on four energy now and gains three energy every time she kills something it's quite feasible for her to transform into strigger anya kill something and then immediately transform back into anya bartle which can make yeah. her incredibly annoyingly tough and murdering yeah yeah no i like it i like it um, definitely, I definitely like that change a lot. That was a really good one. Mm, yeah, really. Um, like I said, I've always liked Anya anyway because I've always liked 
I mean, I remember so long ago when me and Tom were talking about this character. Um, I love the idea of having two models for one character and it changes. And mm. um, I just think it's a really, it's just really fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, she's yeah. a proper heavy. She's really heavy hitting now, uh, especially in like a, a Duchess troop. And I can't remember what the explicit wording of the energy, the uh, ability before. I think the ability beforehand was when Strigoranya came in. She was like set to two energy. This new yeah. version of gaining four energy means if Anya Bartle is at six energy when she transforms, she comes in at six energy. Yeah. Oh. So I think it said she she comes in with the amount that she had. Um that's wounds. Mm. Oh yeah, it's wounds, yeah. So yeah, you just gain two energy. Oh. Yeah, so actually, yeah, technically you if you if you if you had five, you would only have two. Yeah. Whereas now if you had five, you would have five again. You can be really mean if you stack her up to six energy. She transforms into Strigoranya, makes two melee attacks, and then she's still got four energy left. So if she's feeling threatened, just turn back into the cute innocent girl. Don't don't mind about her. Ignore the demon. You didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, we've done the Duchess, haven't we? So I don't um, think we went over foreboding for the Duchess because foreboding. Yeah, Foreboding's yeah. basically the same as Look of Innocence, except instead of one energy, okay. it's one wound. So we just updated the wording to the same as um, Look of Innocence, except we also added a clarification that... Um... Oh, actually, no, I'll tell a lie. Foreboding does work slightly differently now, technically. Previously, it was one wound at the end of an action, and now with the new wording, which is basically one-for-one one Look of Innocence to make it clear they work in the same way... Your enemy now suffers a wound before the action. Um, so it's worth clearing up the mind control ambiguity, which was with Look of Innocence, the same as Look of Innocence. It also clears up something I've been asked before of if somebody kills the Duchess, do they still suffer the wound? The answer is now yes, they suffer the wound before they target the sword, they start resolving the actions. So that's that. So it actually makes it much more powerful yeah. because now something, something with one wound left can't target her. That is also true, yes. If, if there is someone with one wound next to her, they can, well, they can try and attack her, they immediately die. So. <laughs> and, and there are models that don't mind dying, so it's not... Yeah, Re Re Revenant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Revenant, exactly. So. Yeah. But saying yeah, that, cool. there, is, there is another change which makes the Duchess slightly more flimsy, which I think is... Um, we'll get on to in a minute, but... Speaking of the Revenant, there's one change to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um... yeah, I think it is quite this is quite a big change. Mm. Um I think it's probably I think it's a good one. I think he was too powerful at holding moonstones. Um so just to go over what's changed. So undying was each time his character would be slain instead of store wounds. There's now been an additional sentence added. If this character was in possession of any moonstones, it drops one of them as if it were slain. There's only two, he still holds one, but you've now got a way, everyone's now got a way of getting a moonstone off of it. Yeah, and he's still really good. He's still really good because he's still then mm. standing next to his dead moonstone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they can break a tie break, for example. He can break a tie break, yeah, because you can get those tie breaks, which we've had we've had a few yeah. times where. You've ended up with this tie break where the Revenant's holding two, the opponent's holding a couple, and neither of you can get any off each other. Um, but this way it can it can stop that. So I think that's a good a yep. good move. 
Um, yeah, it means you've always got <laughs> uh, an answer to, even if it's non-optimal. Like you're still, you'll still, if you have Natty available, you'll still want to use Natty or someone like that to nick stones off him. But you, there is yeah. always an option. Yeah albeit if it's not a specific sort of moonstone stealing one now it is kill revenant number of times equal to stones he's got and then push him off the stones without him jumping back on them so it's far from optimal yeah. but it's just but like, gives it, another it, option now it gives another option and it, and it means if you've got if you are in a situation where you've got like three moonstones each and you're, and you're in a tie break you just target him so he drops it if he's i mean it might be he's not the only one to do but yeah, uh, yeah. jack's notes on the front, he's but Revenant. Goodbye, bastard. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think there might be. A, I mean, I have had games before where it's like turn one or two. The, the uh, Revenant's been in the perfect position, and I sort of, sort of played the next few games. Turns out in my head, and it's like, oh, Revenant's got two stones. Yeah. Oh, one. Oh, you can sort of see, oh, now I can't move him. Oops. Or yeah. the bomb person that could have moved him dies. Yeah. And, and on both casual, and sort of on casual, on sort of um, casual and the event side of games, I, I know there's some people who don't like using the Revenant in casual games because it fit, fe- uh, at least some people have said to me that it feels unfair if you don't let your opponent know ahead of times that you're using him. Yeah. So I've it... made note here that um, it just feels like less of a neg- uh, NPE negative play experience. Mm. So like, one hundred percent going for it. There's a way around it for everyone now. So yeah, yeah, but it's still very good, very very. Good. Oh <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. It's one thing. It's like if you're going to a tournament and you've got your eight or ten or whatever the, the amount is. You haven't got a thing where I've got to bring someone that can deal with the revenant. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. So on a casual, yeah. on a casual sort of pickup game, some people don't like using him because it's like you you feel like you need to warn your opponent ahead of time. And then in terms of events, I mean, certainly when I used to, when I was list building and I taking my eight, it would never be I take an eight. It is I pick a revenant counter and then I work out seven other models, which yeah. felt a bit. Ugh. Yeah. 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 And that's that. That's the thing that Tom's yeah. doing. Negative. You were what? Moonstone has never, what Tom and Moon, and the, 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 the game of Moonstone has always been to be had to, for it to be a pleasurable experience mm-hmm. um, and, and to be well balanced and things, but to, to, and you get that a pleasurable yeah. experience you get from a well balanced, well thought out game. So, yeah, um, I, think, I think that's definitely a good move. And however much I love playing the and an annoying Jack, <laughs> by Moonstone, uh, I do think it's a good move. He yeah. can still fill that role and he's still. Able to do that, it's just not no answer to it. Yeah, I mean, it's still quite hard to kill. He's still got, he's still got a few more before, and he's still, yeah. you know, he's still not an easy one to get rid of. Do, do you know what? It's even what me and Tom found when we were playtesting him is when you were attacking Revenant in melee before, it was you could get damage through quite easily because he doesn't care about receiving damage. Um, now that he does care about receiving damage in a way and doesn't want to die. We noticed it's really hard to kill a model when they can see all of your cards. Because yeah. <laughs> now the Revenant has, well, if you're if you're attacking him and you draw basically all rising guards and sorry, rising attacks, and you, you know, the Revenant sees your hand and knows you've only got rising attacks, the Revenant's just go, like, oh, low guard. <laughs> yeah, which which yeah. might not have happened before because you know he doesn't care about dying, but it's really hard to kill a model when they see all your melee cards. As it turns out. Just out of interest, just thinking about something, if he's hit by something like one of the ones we saw earlier with like seasick and things where it dies and then moves, 
Yeah. If he's slain, comes back to life, drops the moonstone, and is then moved. Oh, Lord. Order of operation. So it would be he suffers the wounds, then the push is resolved. So he would suffer the wounds, be slain. I'm, I'm doing air quotation marks on the webcam, but I don't think anyone can hear, see me because it's a podcast. So he is <laughs> slain, uh, undying trigger, so he drops the moonstone, and then, then he is pushed. So, okay. yeah, things that damage then push. Really good against the Revenant, I suppose. Yeah, um, yeah, so I was yeah thinking, yeah. Knock the stone right. off and then push him off it. Yeah. Now, this has got Gotchgut's card in front of me. Right. Yeah. You know, he, he pushes one once directly away. You've got other ones that push one, two inches directly away. If you get the critical hit and you get three of them and you manage to kill him, he's suddenly three inches away. Yeah. And, then you, and you've got the moonstones. That, that makes a difference. Yeah. Um, so, a flawless segue into Gotcha. I know it was, wasn't it? Who, what, what, that was like I thought it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who I'll quickly slip in, has also had the end step effects change, like C6 Jew, Dim and Dimmer, Boulder, because yeah. he had a similar ability. But there's also a, another large one, which I'll let you uh, go over, Daniel. Yeah, so this 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 next change is, is we've got sort of three cards that have all been affected by this change, which is Gotcha, Brunhilde, and the Goblin King. Um, the Goblin King's one is a slightly different wording on it, um, which is royal privilege, whereas the other two are bodyguard. But essentially, it's changed to um, they have to be within four inches still, um, have to be friendly, uh, have to be line of sight, which I think is a good one as well. And it is yeah. now once per turn. You can't just keep passing damage on over and over again, um, which I, I, I like as well. I mean, I, you know, like for me, <laughs> It does negatively impact how I play Diana, but I do think it's a good. I think it's a good one to do. I think it's a good change. I think it it, it was it was OP before, really. Um, and it, I mean, the line of sight thing, I don't think is a is a big problem because most of the time you were if you're within four and two, you do do have line of sight. Yeah. Um, but the once per turn change, I think, was a good one. Yeah, the fr- the friendly and line of sight one was sort of added as. Um, sort of things that made sense and um, yeah the once per turn is the major one I, you, you hit the nail on the head mainly with Diana because it was yeah. I mean she's a fairy her, her her main weakness should have been she's low wounds and a fairy yeah. at six wounds but if you have Gotchgut nearby and your opponent doesn't have an effective way of countering that you've taken your six wound non-damage reducing fairy and kind of turned it into a 20 runes fairy with ramshackle armor which yeah, yeah okay that that's not 100 percent true but when you're on the wrong side of it it feels like that yeah no definitely definitely i agree and, yeah and it also um it, it th- this also opens up a lot of design spaces with nobles because before this was once per turn anytime you put the noble keyword on something you had to sort of take into account it's functionally invincible if Gotchgut is nearby. Yeah. Now that it's once per turn and a little less powerful, it opens up the doors to maybe doing more noble fairies in the future. Or um Olim, for example. If Olim was playtested with this once per turn change, um, because Olim's a noble with look of innocence. Um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, he was chested with the once per turn uh thing, which is especially relevant because you use I use Brunhilde a lot with him anyway. But um yeah, it's just to dial down the power a, a little bit and yeah, reduce MPE play experiences of incredibly flimsy nobles suddenly feels invincible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Makes yeah. a lot of sense. 
Tense good. Right. Shabaroon next week. Shabaroon, the classic. Shabbers. Um, an old favourite. I, I looked at Goblin King. This is the same, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, Goblin King's um, same as well, except I, th I think we tweaked some of the wording to make it um, one for one, like bodyguard, sort of worth word, like bodyguards, because I think we were missing the word all that damage. Right. Um, but it's functionally royal privilege is, yeah, it's the same change as bodyguard changing once per term. But, but Goblin King still kind of can do the loads and loads and loads of bodyguarding because royal privilege you siphon the damage off onto a goblin then you take gotch gut gotch gut can then siphon some damage off onto yeah. a goblin. so that's mm -hmm. two senses and um I'll, I'll i'll give you a little bit of a teaser for the next goblin box there's another model in the next goblin box which will be able to siphon damage off of well could siphon damage off of the goblin king so the goblin king can still do his um whole thing of being surrounding himself with specific models and just yeah. siphoning mm -hmm. damage off onto everyone. You just need to build into it slightly more now. Yeah. Walk of the Goblin King. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. All right. Um, Shabaroon. His is actually quite a minor one this time, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. we had quite a big change last yeah. time. So. Yes. so could he not? Okay. Yeah, so Goblin Luck has now says target enemy or Goblin immediately suffers one catastrophe printed on their card. So he can essentially make a friendly goblin. The target yeah. would target the target because again it's a bit of that ambiguity thing, isn't it? Can you target a friendly? Can you not target a friendly with it? Like, are you questioning it? Now it is target enemy or goblin. So, so there was um, the main catalyst for this change was one of the recent models, which was Noel. Um, Noel had a catastrophe where he could basically point at anyone and deal two wounds um and there was a thing you could do with shabaroon where what you do is you'd stack them with eight energy and then catastrophe knoll four times in a row and put eight wounds onto an enemy with no um uh, chance of the enemy to resist in any way which against fairies for example is absolutely horrific so yeah. this change basically means it's it's 99% of the time, this will change nothing, this target enemy or goblin, because generally you want either enemies or goblins, cough, cough, fire spitter, cough, cough, mm. to suffer catastrophes. <laughs> so yeah. it's just sort of... Cough, 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 cough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just a, a slight tweaking wording to sort of get around um, Noel, and there's some other ones as well, which, to... yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it makes sense. Again, it just kind of clears up things. And like you say, when when you bring in new models, you have to make sure they balance and work with the ones you've already got, haven't you? And that's when you've got to sometimes make mm. these tweaks and changes to the ones you've already got to make sure that you don't have these ridiculous, overly powered synergies now. So that, that makes a lot of sense yeah. too. Well, one of the really weird things with Noel as well is we wanted the Trollish Remedies catastrophe to be well, less of like in a like in a catastrophe where it can be good if you're using it in a really weird way, and the best yeah. way to build into that was in a Dominion list, which nah, we we wanted the yeah. catastrophe build with Noel to be the Leshevolt sort of wheelhouse. So this really makes it um, the Leshevolt's wheelhouse, where you take Revenant and Zoya, maybe Klaus, and you just constantly catastrophing Noel and using him as a sort of a, a little turret. Cool, yeah, makes sense. Lovely stuff. Mm -hmm. um, right. 
Wasp. Oh, this is the only one I didn't. Well, not I didn't like this one. Uh, so they were yeah. changes made me feel a little bit sad. <laughs> but I do understand the change. Mm. So he's kind of been he's kind of been buffed in another way to some extent. So he's lost the fact that he deals no impact or slicing damage now, which I think is good. Um, so before he could only deal piercing plus two. Now he can still deal impact and slicing. Um, but his signature move is now on falling swing and not on high guard. Um, gone are the days where I enjoyed playing three high guards yeah. on Jack and yeah. doing <laughs> yeah. smirking when I read this one. Because I, 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 I so enjoyed using this and killing people, but it is it is a, it is the right change. It is the right change. <laughs> yeah, I, I yep. admit it, but it is. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good to hear. Um, but yeah, the, the long story short, the combination of a model which restores wounds every time it deals damage um, can't be crit and has a damage dealing uh, signature on a guard. The combo of all three was just, in a lot of circumstances, just absolutely horrific to play against and there was no way around it. We can't really take the buck. I mean, there's a buckler on his model, and he's a spiteful little fairy, so we can't take that off him. And the, I mean, thematically, the the signature move is coming from above, so we just change that to a falling swing. So now there's um, just more options to fighting with him in melee. It's not just him running in and spamming high guard repeatedly. Yeah, he yeah. was. He was. I mean, I remember. I remember games we've had where I've had I've, 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 I've had like Wasp in the middle, and he's just killed three models. I think there was one game where he went last in my turn, killed like Joanna, then went first in the next turn and killed two more. Oh. Before Jack could activate, I'd killed three models. Oh. And it was just like, oh, yeah. and it was just horrendous. So, yeah, it is, it is right. It is right. But the... And he's still really good. And, and, and a, oh, yeah. And a bit of a buff, like, he, he can now do things like sweeping cut and he can still do damage with it. He can. Um, you know, you can still do which they get the same ones don't do piercing. I think falling swing doesn't do piercing normally. Um falling swing is normally impact or slicing, but yeah. uh, but so it means if he upgrades to his diving attack and he uh, a regular falling swing technically would have dealt more, he can now use a regular falling swing or his diving attack signature. But the best one is now that he's not reduced to nil slicing damage, he can play um sweeping cuts quite freely. Yeah, so I said, yeah, yeah, he can basically make us for you, which is nice. Which um, is, he's got a high melee. I mean, he's yeah, got a sorry, high melee yeah. and lots of energy. So you will have, I mean, I have had melees with him before where I've drawn um, three sweeping cuts and gone, wow, that would do a lot of damage if I could play sweeping cuts. Well, yeah. now you can. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So he's actually slightly more versatile to some extent mm. um, in that way, which is cool. And he can still be, if he just needs to stand sort of on top of a moonstone and being defensive, he can still do that. He can still stand on top of a stone, just going high guard, high guard, low guard, and throwing in the occasional sweeping cut now and again now. But he's just not going to be dealing damage whilst he's doing it. Yeah, 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 which makes sense. Cool. All right, next one. Uh, Callista. Callista. Mm. Um, yeah. Can I? Can I? Go on, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you want to do this one? I was gonna Sorry. say we've got a couple of these ones in a row. Um, yeah. Basically, cultists were a full cultist list were a problem to that to long, the long and short of it. So they've been, we've had a couple of um, nerfs targeted at the cultists. Um, some of them purely for sort of 
taking the cultists down a little bit. Uh, but there's some, like on Callista, which I'll get to in a second, which are sort of targeting, targeting some other areas. Because we, uh, thanks to Longshanks, which is an absolutely amazing resource for keeping um, uh, sort of tracking, A, tracking stats, and B, um, organizing tournaments, sort of seen Leshevolt, um have a very high win rate with cultists. So we're hoping to take them down a bit. But um, with that in mind, Callista's also been targeted for another reason. And um, well, I'll, I'll, let, I'll, let, I'll let Daniel go over the changes first, and then I'll uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a, a very very brief spoiler as to why one of the changes has been another reason one of the changes has been made. Okay, so changes to Callista first. Um, whenever another character within four is slain, it gains one energy rather than anyone on the board. Um, the Paroxim is suffers four damage, then moved away. So that's like that. That goes along with um, the other ones you mentioned earlier. That rather than and it's then. Um, and Leshevitz caress. caress. You've got rid of the then on that one. That's an interesting one. Yeah, that's um, basically to keep it um, the wording consistent with Rybold's, um catastrophe, okay. because their, their effects were um, was it what Rybold's catastrophe. I think it might have been Rival's Catastrophe. There was one Catastrophe which was functionally identical to Callista's, but they were worded differently, and now they're worded the same. Okay. Yeah, cool. but yeah, the main one here is the Joy of Entropy to, uh, change in terms of mechanics. Yeah, infinite to four inches is a quite a big change. <laughs> yeah. Well, taking the range for, wasn't it? Just anyone. Yeah, uh, it was absolutely anyone on the board beforehand. So um, we've won we went for within four inches after a bunch of playtesting because uh, if anyone played the Fate of Eric campaign, um, the Leshevel Eric had um, his his limited to four inches and he was he was performing very well. So four inches felt good. And like I was um, like I was saying, this was this is a this is partially to take the cultist down a bit because she was in pretty much every cultist list. But the other reason um we're taking this ability down specifically is we have me and tom have been starting some very very early playtesting of the shades of moonreach and uh the undead faction has some interesting interactions with characters being slain and uh one of the troop archetypes which is sort of popped up and me and Tom quite like and don't want to get rid of is a troop, ar troop archetype which is continuously slaying their own models uh, and when we play tested that against Callista without a joy of entropy um, with a joy of entropy with unlimited range Callista was she had enough energy that made that she had so much energy she made fairies look like lightweights so um, it, it, a, a range <laughs> So what's that? Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I know about them, but that's not the point. <laughs> yeah, cool. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah. Why? Why? So it's like future proofing here, essentially. Yeah. Oh, definite um, future proofing. <laughs> so the other ones that you've done are things like yeah. So look at the shiny thing. on um, Daniel is now is four inches out line of sight. Uh, no, it was four inches. Now it's line of sight. Oh right, said. It I wasn't. It, I know it was six inches. Six, it was six, six inches, inches and no line of sight previously. Yeah. 
yeah, I think I think we talked about doing that four inches one for a long time. Um, uh, part of the placard. Oh. There's now one inch rather than two inches. Mm. An end of nigh is oh, slightly different. Um, one inch. Oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. End of nigh is now uh, choose a model within three inches and line of sight. Then choose another model within three X and line of sight and they move it. So, um, yeah, that, that, that kind of clears it up a little bit. I mean, it, it was a bit ridiculous that he could basically move someone the other side of the board. It was, it was, it was pretty decent, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, the funny thing is, I, I, I barely ever used it. Use I don't use it. That, I never use it that much with him. Um, I was often doing other things with him, really. The the, the placard change is really big as well. Because they get two inches movement for everyone. It's a lot. Mm, so, yeah. Well, well, I mean, pretty, he was really powerful. I mean, Daniel was really powerful. He was. He's yeah. always been. Um, I mean, I remember Tom saying he thought he was literally the best character in the game. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, he's one of those ones that he's one of those ones where if you're building any almost any like what's well, any lesser vault list, but any lesser vault or commas list, it was like, oh, I'll bring Daniel. Why would I not bring him? <laughs> one there's one like you don't. What Tom has always been keen on, and I completely agree with this, is you don't want auto includes. Mm-hmm. Um, and for a long time, Daniel has felt like an auto include. I've I have played fawn troops before, like completely out of keywords. Go at uh, fawn troops going. Oh, I'll put Mister Two. Oh, like Daniel feels better. Yeah, yeah. and that felt. Yeah. But to uh, to um um to short to shortly summarise, we basically he was way too energy efficient, and his movement stuff was way too good. So the look at the shiny thing changes just made it. You need to plan slightly further ahead to get it on the yeah. exactly same model you need. Um, the plant, the placard. Um, in terms of energy, if you caught four characters in it, he basically spent two energy to do um, eight inches worth of movement over four characters. Which, yeah. if you if you sort of go off the idea of one inch is one energy worth of movement, that's him spending two energy to do eight energies worth of movement, which is. He was really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, and, it makes sense. It makes and, sense. Yeah, and the end of Nye change is um, the most important thing that's happened recently with that is previously his really good targets were Klaus and Lubard. And um, if you've used end of Nye on Klaus and Lubard before, is what happens, you teleport them into the middle of the enemy troop and then you realise all of their aura buffs aren't working, so they get killed immediately. So it end of nine wasn't too bad on those two guys, but then Leshevel Eric came along. Uh Leshevel Eric doesn't have any auras he needs to stay with him. So some early playtesting of Lesh of sort of Leshevel sort of Eric the Enlightened was Tom end of nying Eric the Enlightened into my backline, killing all the support characters. And then um <laughs> me having two frontliners left being flanked by a cultist troop and Eric the Enlightened, which was Fun, I reckon. <laughs> it was. It wasn't. It was. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty. It was a pretty good troop. It was all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So cool, yeah, yeah end of night definitely needed to be changed for that reason as well. Is that another another one of those ones where you have to change something based on new models, and that makes sense? Yeah. Um, so yeah, cool. That's a good one. So next one is Lubar. This is a nice, quick, easy one. Actually, yeah. He's just been slightly nerfed on his. Um, on his signature, um, 
it used to be if the enemy model the end step used to be if the enemy is within one inch it suffers two wounds loses two energy and suffers minus two melee stat it now still suffers two wounds only one energy minus one melee stat which i think is good because it was ridiculous um sorry I've, i sent you the wrong file that's that's completely wrong it's they suffer um, one wound lose one energy and suffer minus two melee stats so okay. we thought he was doing um too many wo- too many wounds and sapping too much energy so he knocks the wounding element and the energy sapping element of it down okay cool well i still think that's good anyway yeah, yeah. that's good that makes yeah. sense um because yeah he could do he could just murder people immediately yeah um, in, in and, one hit which is not really what you want yeah and a lot of the time what it was was um in a uh, in a cultist troop is you'd have brother daniel chucking the energy uh you'd try and go first in a turn um and then you'd have lubard you know do his uh, righteous fury jog into someone base them they step away he gets his cincture off they've now lost all of their energy and can't step away anymore so the so the losing energy going down means it's a little it's it's uh, stepping a reaction stepping away from him is more of an option now yeah yeah that makes sense makes sense cool all right again another another simple change that just evens it out a little bit so that's a good one um so next one is klaus so he's had a couple of changes he's a, he's he's one that's probably been changed almost the most isn't he really he's got quite a few changes um change to kinship was it called kinship before? No, it was called it, protection. It was called protect. It was called protection. Yeah, we changed the name to kinship. So that's the ability where uh, if the friend, if he's within, so it was if Reagan was in play mm-hmm. at the beginning of a turn, he would gain protection. Now, just to sort of again, kind of even it up with with sort of Daniel and things that. Um, Reagan has to be within six inches during the replenish step as character game protection. So, yeah. And it also compared to the last version. So, the previous version, technically, it never, technically, was never wording for when the effects ended on the previous version. Mm. It just said when the character was in play, uh, when Reagan was in play, Klaus is protected. So, it wasn't obvious when he gained it and when he lost it. Um, the wording on it now is makes it slightly more obvious that he gains it during the replenish step and he loses it at the end of the turn unless um, until the next turn rolls around if Reagan's within six inches and he can get it back again. But it allows for uh, some sort of counterplay where you can try and move him away from Reagan and at the same time makes the sort of the timing slightly more obvious. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. No, I like that one. That was a good one. Um, and then a change to tub something. Um, so it was if this character was slain at the end of an action, flip an arcane card. Results of catastrophe. The character was slain, otherwise it would remain with X wounds, where X is the card. Now it's the first time this game, game. Yeah. this character is reduced to zero wounds on the arcane card. Then the rest of it is the same. Um, so basically, it basically is once per game now, as opposed to once per turn. Mm-hmm. Basically, um, to reduce to zero wounds as opposed to slain, just to make it clear what that means. Yeah. Um, the other, the other, there's we also tidied up the wording. 
there was yeah. a sort of uh, the wording was sort of originally made in a way so that he was slain at the end of the action. So if somebody killed him and had a follow up, they couldn't. It was weird. Basically, you couldn't kill him with a follow up. He'd have to flip tub thumping first previously. But just to make it simpler now, we've got a, we've sort of ditched the weird wording where he technically remains in play with zero wounds for a bit before dying. Now it's just the second he's reduced to zero wounds, flip an arcane card, do it immediately. So as well as only being once per game now, it's also the case that you can you can say have someone in melee like Fancy Hat, Master Strike him, so you kill him, he flips an arcane card. And then with the Master Strike follow-up, you could hit him again and kill him. So it's opening up more ways to kill him, and it's made him slightly less tough. Yeah. It makes sense, because he was ridiculous. <laughs> it also and gives I... a nice sense of progression as well, because previously it was, um, you get rid of Tub Thumping, if the next turn rolls around, oh, he's got it back again. Now yeah. it's when you get rid of Tub Thumping, you've got, through, you've got rid of Tub Thumping, tick that off the list. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely once per game. Once per turn was a bit was a bit much, particularly when he was he was getting protection once per turn anyway. Yeah, well, he wasn't, but technically, with that how everyone played it. Um, yeah, that was a rules two, two, two way, Yeah, two ways of not dying. So yeah. Um, cool. And then he's also had a change to his energy. So his his energy all used to be on the bottom. Now it's on the third and sixth as well as the last one. So um, that makes sense again when he was coming back in tub thumping and coming back with. All his, all his energy, um, essentially. I mean, not, you know, come back in there. Like, if he died last in a turn, he'd not only come back, come back with Tub Thumping and, and Kinjib, also come back with three energy. Now he only comes back with one, probably. Mm. So that makes sense as well. It's sort of like Tub Thumping, there's a bit of progression as well now. Where, when you're dealing wounds to him, you can see him getting wounded because he's losing that energy. And his energy mm. distribution is more fawnish now as opposed to gnomish. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Odd, it, 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 it yeah. was a bit odd, yeah, because that, that was, I think, is the only non gnome to have all his energy at the bottom. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah I, I think know. so. Uh, well, Freya technically has all her energy at the bottom because she has five. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> oh, don't forget Tito. <laughs> and Tito, yeah, Tito, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> right, next one up is, is two in a row again. Sorry, there is um, one more change on Klaus. Uh, with, uh, oh, oh yes, yes. Sorry, yeah. He's um, Klaus. We didn't hit know. with one major thing. We hit with a we hit with a, a few sort of lower level things. Basically, we just sort of tuned down all the things that could have been MPE and just open up some more options. Was the theory with him in general? Yes. So uh, flail around madly. It was on the low guard. It was previously. It dealt zero damage and granted follow ups and. Well, it's playing a low guard and your opponent gets a follow up because you played a guard was always it felt a bit, yeah. But at the same time, flailing around madly, if you sort of go in low, you're going to get hit in the head. So we knocked off the follow up on it, but we've upped the damage to one. Yeah, cool. Which obviously goes up to three with his um impacts yeah, with, with, with flail yeah three so he still suffers three because like i said it makes sense if, you, if you've gone down for a low guard and he's swinging his bell, bell around madly he's gonna hit you in the head oh yeah <laughs> so that kind of that kind of makes sense but he wouldn't necessarily be following it up so mm -hmm. cool 
Okay, right, now on to the next one. Sorry, yes, I forgot that little change there. So next one is, these two have got the same change, so it's easy. Uh, well, slight additional change on Herbert, but so Herbert and Loki, who have both got burden growth, um, it used to be place a 50 mil diameter wood impact within 4x, mainly the end of the game. Now it's, but actually we, we've been playing this for ages anyway, but um, it's now um, within 3x rather than 4x, line of sight and open and on open ground. Um, and there's a maximum of three wooded patches placed by this troop. If you place a fourth, you remove one, which basically stops you just creating a massive woodland in the middle of the place. Oh, that, <laughs> wasn't that wasn't on there before. Oh, we, we've been playing yeah, that for a while. We, you and I have played for a while because I've known about this errata for this particular one for quite a while. So you and I have been playing the maximum yeah. of three for a bit. Um, but the three X one we haven't, we've been playing four X. Right. Um, but interesting that with, so that's the same with Loki. I guess Loki's, oh, you did something else on Loki as well, actually, but so we'll go back to her, okay. but, um, so, but you've got rid of Don't Step on My Flowers. Oh. Yeah, so Don't Step on My Flowers was originally added because, well, uh, as you were saying earlier, um, you could just sort of vomit out six verdant uh, wooded patches onto the centre of the board, and um, you'd have an entire troop of fairies running around who ignored it whilst your opponent couldn't move at all. This that's not really a problem now anymore because you can't put six wood patches in the centre of the board because you're only limited to three. Yeah. So we thought we'd get rid of Don't Step on My Flowers because the limitation isn't needed anymore. So you can take uh, Herbert now in a fairy troop, put down a bunch of wooded patches, and your fairies can jog through them freely. Yeah. Yeah, like some of that, because I'm a fairy player, so that sounds good to me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, that does make sense because yeah, it was put in for that reason, and that reason is no longer necessary. So that makes that's mm -hmm. obvious to me. So on Loki, the Verdant Growth thing is the same as Herbert, so we're not going to talk about that one again. But he's now got the change um, favor of the old gods. When this character suffers damage, you may flip top arcane card, the arcane deck. Oh, you had to do it before. You had to do it the first time. Was now you may try and, which kind of makes sense because it's like if he's only going to take one damage. You might go, well, I'll take the one damage. Because I might take three next time, rather I'll try and avoid it with the three. Um, just, yeah, it still works per turn, but you can choose now, so it's more flexible. Yeah, yeah no, I quite like that. I quite like that. It's a bit more, bit more flexible on that one. Um, it's, it's also to help stop for unintended anti-synergy with the Norse. Because if you were playing with the Norse previously and you set up a, the absolutely perfect cards on the top of the deck, and then someone punched Loki then previously you would have had to flip it. Now you can say, oh, I like that card on the top of the deck. I'm not going to flip it just yet. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, yeah cool. Yeah. And um, counter-wise, you could also run Loki into melee, and then if you don't know the card on the top of the deck, say, I'm not going to flip it. I'm going to wait till I know what know that it's a three or something. Yeah. It's just a yeah. little more synergy with um, uh, the Norse. Yeah. Makes sense. So that's I think that's his cool. only. Uh, that's it. I think. No, that's it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, next one's a bit of a bigger one actually, which is um, Reagan. I'm checking it's just a front of her card. So she's uh, so spell which had loads of words in it. <laughs> <laughs> whenever and it was it was whenever a, any character suffers a catastrophe after resolving draw an arcane card, look then place it face down beside the character card. 
Um, it's now whenever any character suffers a catastrophe after resolving the action, draw an arcane card for each catastrophe suffers. Um, but I, I guess that's just to kind of clarify it again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's just... The, the only changes on Reagan outside of Verdant Grove are basically clarity changes. So that one mm. functions the same, but we think it reads a little better. Malachite Ritual, so previously it was just whilst resolving ignore passive abilities, which technically meant she would have ignored her own expel, which yeah, means really if she suffered a catastrophe, she wouldn't be able to make use of her own catastrophe ability. So we just added of other characters now. So if she <laughs> catastrophes herself, she can use her own catastrophe ability, which we thought made sense. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, whilst, whilst one of the last Verdant Growth um, uh, character, I'll give you um, some, some more spoilers because I'm, I'm loving handing them out today. Uh, I'm feeling <laughs> like Tom at the moment, apparently. Um, that is a change a specific future proofing change for the next Leisure Vault box, which completely rotates and revolves around wooded patches and using and abusing. Mm. Because having like when you yeah. see the box, oh, I, 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 I think I know the box you mean. I think I went oh, last time I oh, yeah. found my playtest within. So yeah, yeah. yeah when I you know see the box. box. You'll you'll sort of look at the abilities and thought. Oh, that would have been really good if you could have had ten wooded patches out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Another bit of feature proofing is always good. <laughs> okay, next one is I've got Young Jack. Yeah. Mm. Um, so one simple change: Lucky is now once per turn, um, which makes absolute sense. I, com- I can't believe it wasn't. I know. Oh, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that more than once. <laughs> so, yeah, you could just keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, yeah. We, we, I think we've been playing once, but yeah, just out, out, yeah, of, out, out of thinking it's ridiculous, you could do this more than once. Because <laughs> would have done that more. <laughs> um, and a slight change to Shield Bash. It was moved the enemy model two inches directly away. Now it's moved this model one inch directly towards the enemy. And if base contact is made, move the enemy one inch directly away. So he kind of marches forward and hits them rather than them just moving two inches. Mm. Which is good because, like, sometimes shield bash is a bit annoying. Like, I don't want to move them two inches away. <laughs> <laughs> but I want you to stay there so I can hit you again. It's <laughs> also great if you've got a model like Fritz two inches away from you, just sort of swing at young Jack because now young Jack can shield bash, move one inch directly towards. You don't base him, so you don't do the push thing, but now young Jack is in melee range, so he can start hitting back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it definitely makes him better. Yeah, it gives him that way of getting getting in without without having to um, mm. step afterwards. That's good. And- apologies, apologies if you can hear the sound of my cat eating in the background. <laughs> those, coming, those coming in the middle of either recording podcast or doing battle reports just eat very loudly in the corner. Um, anyway. Yeah. And, uh, and the lucky once per, che- per turn change thing is it's it's sort of, sort of once well, it is once per turn now, but now if you want to multi if now if you want to fiddle with the deck um a lot, instead of using young Jack to lucky multiple times in a row, you can bring along Olim and Liv and just have multiple models doing it. Yeah, it's basically to stop you putting one energy on young Jack and then essentially looking through the entire deck until you find the right cards you want. Yeah, which seems yeah. Um, a little strong. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe a little strong. Especially, <laughs> especially with models now, which can use and abuse the exact top card of the deck. Yeah, yeah, that definitely makes sense. Like I said, we 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 didn't play that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Jack, Jack, Jack has because uh, we, we when we first started playing this game way back with the first Kickstarter, you played Jack played gnomes mainly, and he's looking really angry now at himself. He's never done that. Before. <laughs> so now I can't. Is my note. Cool. Right. Well, the next one's another gnome, hmm. uh, which is Billy. Oh, Billy. So one is another then put in rather than and, or, or then, what's the word, is it then? then yeah, a, a then yes. rather than and. Damage then. A consistency. Um, and then. So high no silver's changed to. Yeah, again, it's just, it's just it's, that's just changing the wording. So it's to say, it just changed the remainder of the turn to until the end of the turn. Oh, okay. so just, that's just that consistency wording, isn't it? That it's now end of turn for everyone rather than a different word for the same thing. It's, it's also been a slight word change because it was previously the model cannot move, uh, and now it's this model cannot move or be moved. Ooh, yeah. So it's impl it's implying that it's not he can't move under his. There was there was a lot of ways it was interpreted beforehand, and every single interpretation was technically correct, but. It's, you know, like you're saying, it's useful to have it written in a way where there's only one possible interpretation. So we changed the wording to be cannot move or be moved, uh, sort of say it's this model is not moving under any circumstances, not mm. under its own steam, not under anyone else's steam, just to make it slightly more clear. Yeah, cool. And he's also had a slight improvement in his um, signature as well. Yeah, well, there's a slight change because previously he had the each crit you play deals an additional plus one damage. But we were finding there was a... I, I feel like I've seen like five different ways it could be calculated when you play a crit because there were ways you could sort of multiply the base numbers. Uh, you Then you could... It, it could be implies that you multiplies the plus one crits to plus two, to plus one damage to plus two damage, and then it's mm -hmm. how many cards you play. So I felt like every every time you played a crit, there was like five different end result numbers you could come up with. So me and Tom sort of tinkered and poked and tried to come up with a wording we were happy with for it, but long story short, we couldn't find anything which was very clear cut. So we took the crit bit out, but just beefed up the damage numbers. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, keep yeah. it simple. Keep yeah. It simple again. Yeah, yeah. lovely stuff. Right, not to many left now. Mm, I think it's all buffs from here on out. Yeah. So, well, do, do you want to do the next one, Joe? Because this is the one that you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, our next one's Vicious Sid. Um, so, there's been a name change. Um, long story short, we wanted to remove a quite charged and derogatory term from the character card. Um, I'll leave the rest of the explanation to Susie, though, because I think by the time this is out, she should have released a far more detailed and eloquent post than something I could say, as opposed to my traditional tangential rambling. So um, I'll leave that up to Susie, and um, we'll get into the mechanical changes, which is um, sort of my wheelhouse, because... Um, sort of similar to young jack 
Fisher's Sid was sort of a book one character with a one-inch melee zone, which we felt was kind of getting left behind in terms of melee prowess, in terms of um, newer characters. So hence, young Jack got the thing where he could bump himself an inch forward to sort of counteract two-inch models. With Vicious Sid, we've um, taken away his um, falling swing minus one damage debuff and instead given him a buff to piercing damage. So uh, Mm -hmm. instead of dealing reduced damage, he's now dealing increased damage, which makes sense for a melee fighter, we think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It also makes, yeah, so you've also done a couple of tweaks to the damage output on high guard and sweeping cut on his mm. drawing tickler, but they're technically the same because he's now plus one piercing. Um, yeah, yeah. But it just we, means that they're not, they're not four damage. Yeah, the same. yeah. Uh, and three damage, they're three damage and two damage still, but falling swing is now really good for him. Mm. On his, mm. Yeah, gro- if he does scoring ticket and the enemy does falling swing, yeah, he's going to take a big hit from it because it's a rising attack one. But he's going to do four, four minimum. Um, yeah, groin tickler's number numbers left as it it was uh, was way too good with a plus one yeah. uh, damage increase to piercing. So we knocked the greatest offending numbers down. But yeah, against the, yeah, like you were saying, against a falling swing, uh, vicious city is going to suffer a lot of damage because. If you play a rising attack and your opponent plays a falling swing, you do suffer a lot of damage. But at the same time, if you know, if you're if you're raising your uh, a weapon up to do a falling swing, you're leaving yourself quite exposed down there. So yeah, the yeah, groin area. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You raise a weapon right up high, then you're leaving an area very exposed to vicious Sid. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Because actually, I, I felt like I've. It's been, he's he's a character that's been very easy to to miss out. Yeah, I agree. Like, yeah. yeah. Not that I thought I could bring him, but why would I bring him when I could bring this? And now it's like, okay, now he's actually definitely better. So. Yeah, and unlike he's such a fun model, like I think he's like, he's he's my first. He's the first movie star model I ever painted. Mm. Such a fun, such a fun little model to 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 move around with. Yeah. And, and now he's a bit more a bit more viable in in like I say in those kind of I guess modern moonstone list yeah because like young young jack um young jack's sort of problem so i'm gonna keep going back to young jack because they're sort of in the same boathouse so like i was saying book one one inch zone characters who felt like they were slightly getting behind young jack was sort of feeling feeling like he's getting slightly left behind because of the one inch thing and he didn't have a countermeasure to it vicious sid has got a countermeasure because groin tickler he teleports right into base contact but yeah. it didn't feel worth getting him into melee because yeah um he'll get a lot of cards um but if he wasn't critting he wasn't dealing all that much damage and and now with a plus one piercing damage he is going to deal decent damage and the other really 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 powerful thing about plus one piercing damage is it takes some damage numbers which were previously zero up to one yeah one damage isn't that exciting traditionally but Vicious Sid uh, dealing zero damage is really bad. Dealing one damage as Vicious Sid is brilliant because it gives him an energy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, now if yeah. you're low guarding against him and he thrusts, that's one damage now. Here's a bonus energy. He gets to try again. He just yeah. minces things in close combat now. Unless, of course, they play a falling swing and he plays a rising attack and then they both mince each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he, he gets a caved in head and they get to the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Simultaneously. Um, 
Okay, cool. I think that's enough for Vicious Sid. Mm. The next one, you've got his Fencer, which is a fairly simple change. Got plus one to Arcane. Um, the reduce all melee damage dealt um, by target. By, it's now by target rather than by target enemy. Um, and the target only gains plus one energy rather than plus two on the catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to explain on? Do not explain that one? I mean, the, the arcane I can understand why. It means yeah. it makes people easier to get off. I would. Makes, it, makes, it makes her using people more often. But what's the what's the reasoning behind the change from target enemy to just target? So, um, me and Tom did a lot of uh, playtesting on this one. Uh, I think some of the playtesting was we sort of wrote the uh, errata out as saying, "Oh, that sounds brilliant." We playtest a couple of games. Oh, that sings. That's perfect. Fencer was we wanted to make her a more attractive sort of option and sort of first sorts was melee character deals more damage every single time we gave her more damage buffs she became way 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 too good and as we play more and more games we sort of realized or the pattern that was forming was she's absurd if she gets enfeeble off uh, that, that's that's sort of the the um the main takeaway we had so to make her a slightly more attractive option we just made him feeble better um the arc arcane boosting up to five that's obvious why that makes him feeble better um in terms of uh in terms of catastrophe knocking it down from the target gains plus two energy to the target gains plus one energy it's not as bad a catastrophe so you may be slightly more willing to bluff it um there is another reason which i'll get to now uh we removed the word target enemy for a very specific reason due to a lot of um a comment i saw a couple, quite a few times on discord and i thought wow that's fun i should definitely do that so previously because it was target enemy you could only target an enemy now because we've removed the word target enemy you can technically target a friend with enfeeble which i mean you don't want to reduce the melee damage of your friends but targeting your friends and then catastrophing, yeah, you can give energy no, to your mates. Yeah. You don't care about the the minus melee damage, then it gives them plus one energy. It's brilliant. Yeah, and yeah. it's especially potent with uh, revenant, which is what I saw people wanting to do it with. So if you run fence from revenant, uh, uh, revenant can keep catastrophing her, and she's basically a four inch give one energy to one of your friends. Yeah. As well as um, a murder machine. <laughs> yeah, that gives yeah, it gives more us utility. Yeah, it? more so. Yeah, yeah. Find, find more utility, which is nice. nice yeah, definitely. yeah. Cool. Um, mine and Tom's experience with playtesting her was she is so much fun, but um, she's re- her she's really good when she focuses down on a single model and enfeebles it. Because if she's knocking back um, somebody's melee damage, and then if she spams thrusts, there's not a lot of models in the game which can actually do much against it. No. Just because yeah. of the way the numbers on the melee cards work. But she is properly good once she gets a decent enfeeble off. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Lovely stuff. Right. Just a few more to go. Mm-hmm. So Chubb is next one. He's had a few changes. Mm, yeah. So he's now, he's now Arcane 4 rather than Arcane 3, which makes his bow and healing easier, which is good. He's now, Rouse now restores one wound and gains plus two energy. That's quite fun. 
Um, so those two are very straightforward. I think like, yeah, making like better at shooting and better at healing, and making them even better at healing by using rounds mm-hmm. as, as an option. Um, and then his bow has changed slightly. So I guess this kind of makes sense. Is this more to do with just making it look more like the model? <laughs> this was... Um... <laughs> <laughs> this was a mechanic change, but it's also as we were changing it mechanically, we were like, oh, yeah, that kind of makes sense. So I wanted to give Chubb some more versatility because he, he was he was fine, but often it was just rouse, rouse, rouse. Uh, so we made him slightly better at healing. So the arcane four, arcane three to arcane four, obviously that makes him better at healing. Uh, and then it was changed. The, the bow was changed because we realised we'd made him as good at shooting the bow as Jada, which just felt wrong. So yeah. he's he's more accurate with his bow now, but it does less damage to so we've to prevent us from turning a support model into an output model. But long yeah. story short, is he's just he's just got more utility. Basically, he's got more options of what to do with his activation. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, just so to clarify here, so it, the shoot bow has now changed to shoot short bow. Oh, yeah, of course. It's now got an 8 inch range rather than a 10 inch range, and it's just X damage rather than X plus 1 damage. Yeah, it did feel a bit good with, with the normal bow shot and being able to heal or rouse. You know, it's, yeah. It makes sense, I think. Yeah. 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 We kind of clears it up for that one. Yeah. Right, next one is Mr. Toodles. So um, he's had a couple of little changes. Well, one very decent size change, actually. But I'll go for the simple change first, which is Blighted Elixir is now two inch range rather than one yes. inch. Mm-hmm. So just that makes sense. It would, yeah, because we have one inch. Does that also match with? I've got her right here. That now yeah, that, that, that matches with Drink Your Fill, doesn't it as well? Mm-hmm. It kind of makes sense that they're both drinks. Yeah. <laughs> Hers was two inches and his was one inch. So um, it makes it easier to. Um... Uh, what was it? it? It makes it hard to call bluff against as well, because previously what I was finding is if I played a uh, a high green and I was pushing somebody out of my blight elixir anyway, somebody would just call bluff anyway. Because what am I going to follow up with? I'm going to push all of my targets out of range after resolving. Yeah. Now you're a lot more likely to push all of your targets out of range because it's got a way better range. Yeah, double <laughs> And then it's got a new ability, a amazing new amazing name, amazing name. Yeah. I don't think I will ever give anything a better name. I think I have honestly. Oh, 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 let me just let me refer to my notes on this. Here we go, Mr. Toodles. Now has the best named ability in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Goblin jazz funk solo. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah, so I did tell you what, as you named it, Joe. I'll let you. I'll let you. You can read out what it does. Um, it's it's quite simple, but it's a one energy, two inch pulse. Uh, once per turn, all other models within the pulse move one inch directly away. It's it's the same as Fritz's and Beaky Bobby stand back. But yeah. there was no way I was going to call it stand back after I came up with the name Goblin Jazz Funk Solo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yeah, definitely. Um, it's, cool. Um, yeah, I it's think another way. For, yeah, another way for him, who's obviously a, he's a complete support model, a yeah. way to make him a bit more survivable, isn't it? It's yeah. It, it gives him even more utility. I was I was quite happy to add another a, a one energy active ability to him because now uh, with that and Lullaby, and Blight Elixir, he's got three one-energy abilities, so he can have a phenomenally um, sort of diverse turn in terms of what he can do. He's just... 
in terms of as a support model, I think he's got just something for everything. He's got some healing. He's got some energy giving. He's got energy sapping. He's got movement. He can deal wounds to people. He's he's um, just got it all now, really. Huh. Yeah, cool. it's amazing. Cool. Mm. I believe, right, two to go. Agatha, and that's an easy one as well. Oh, this is really quick. <laughs> so it's changed... Now, Deutsche Courage. Deutsche Courage rather than Deutsche Courage. Yeah. <laughs> and E's been added on the end of the word. Yeah. I think um, that's the most yeah. important errata of all. We got the spe- German yeah, yeah. spelling correct. Oh, yeah. German or Dutch. Oh, God. Um, so uh, it's now on uh, Drink Your Fill. The pink one was target evade that is increased by plus X. Now it's target melee stat is increased by plus X. It makes sense. You'd never want for the pink because she was never close enough to do it. Hmm. It's, um, um, and, 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 and if he's within two inches of someone and increases their evade stat, he's probably already getting hit by them with something else. <laughs> um, it, but yeah, it, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. It makes her slightly better. It was a way to sort of increase her reliability because we we wanted to make her slightly more reliable, but we couldn't give her plus one arcane because it would have made her way too good at luring. Um, yeah. So previously, I mean, the way I, I'm thinking of it is previously the only buff you would get off Drink Your Fill is a green, which if you crunch the numbers is about a 65% chance of happening. Now the buffs you can get off Drink Your Fill are green or pink, which if you crunch the numbers is about a 90% chance of happening. So you might not always get, if you want energy, you might not always get it, but you might get melee instead, which is, well... Uh, yeah. Some models love melee as much as energy, so yeah, it's just make it more reliable. And you can get, you can mm. get off of that, but like, like, yeah, you, you get a, you get an X, you get a three on fancy hat, and he's got a starting. Uh, if he's next to Eric, a starting melee stat of twelve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if he's attacking. Oh, oh yes. Oh, it is oh so much fun. One thing I find when you have really small melee hands as well is some... I mean, everyone sort of comes to different logics recording bluffs or whatnot. I've, I've had... I play against some people whose logic is if you draw a really tiny hand, always call bluff because the chance you have something to follow up with is unlikely. Uh, I was playing against someone who's following this mentality once, and I think I drew a green and a pink three. So I played oh, down cool. the green three, uh, and obviously he was following this mentality of, oh, he's got such a small hand, he can't have anything to follow up with bluff. I said, oh, yeah, here's the green three. My Brynhild gets three energy. Here's a pink <laughs> three. She now also gets plus three melee. <laughs> oh, wow. Now, Brynhilda oh. with... I had Olin nearby at the time. I think he had given her a love of energy as well. So Brynhilda was running around with a base melee stat of seven with <laughs> six energy and a six-inch jog if she engaged someone. <laughs> Wow. I think she killed half of his troop <laughs> during her activation. <laughs> fun. Fun, fun, fun. Agatha is properly fun in a Norse troop because half of them happily put to be mercenaries. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of them are mercenaries that work, isn't it? Mm, yeah. Cool. Right. Last one. Last one. Wow. Yeah, definitely not least as well. Definitely not least. No. Definitely not least. Here's the minor, finally. Although now he's not. <laughs> here's, the, here's the minor change. He is not a minor anymore. We've given yeah. him a, a useful keyword instead. Yeah. yeah. Rather than the one off keyword that no one else had and had no synergies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
um, yeah, so he's now got the militia keyword, which is great. That means he works with um, Quarrel. Quarrel. Hmm. Well, I think there's a couple of other yeah. ones as well he works with now, but yeah, so the militia keyword's a good one. Um, nice simple change that absolutely make absolutely makes sense with the kind of troops you want to bring in with. Um, and I also really like his other one. So on the on the minor ability, um, it was that he gained possession of Moonstone regardless of his depth value. He's kept that, but while he's in possession of exactly one Moonstone, he's not doesn't have the slow carry rule. Yeah, that's he can grab one Moonstone and still leg it, which I think really makes sense for him as a minor. Yeah, you know I like that addition because no one else has got that. It makes, it makes yeah, a bit more. It makes yeah. it a bit more unique. I don't think anyone's got an ability to not be slow, unless I think I think, well, I think there's there's upgrade cards you can have with a wheelbarrow. Um, yeah, um, there's there's upgrade cards, but nothing in the base sort of yeah. standard sort of scenario play. Is is this like another for him? Is that like another change? Because like again, he's like he's a, sort of a, a book one a book yeah. one model who had kind of fallen behind slightly. So, well, I think we're we're finding not a lot of people that sort of hypes about Morris and didn't sort of use him much. Um, so the the idea with these two changes was giving him a militia keywords sort of gives him some more inbuilt synergy. So whenever you take Quarrel now, you sort of look at Morris and go, oh, that's a another target for uh, Brothers in Arms, which is nice. And the minor keyword was um, just more utility. Um, the... I f I think it's really good for keeping your known troop mobile because um, a lot of known games I have you can sometimes sort of get bogged in your deployment if you really want to uh, form a gun line you just either move yeah. up too slowly or you just sort of stay in your your deployment in the relative safely Mo um, after being bogged down by the stones Morris can pick up a stone in your deployment and then. He can sort of carry it up to middle where the rest of the stones are without slowing down your troop. So he is a yeah. really good uh, moonstone carrier in the early game um, on the counts not slowing down your troop. And then from there, you can either keep him with one stone and he can run around hitting people with his pickaxe, which, I mean, it's plus two impact damage. It, yeah, it does a decent good. chunk of damage. And with yeah. brothers in arms, it's even more yeah. melee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, if you get his signature off, it's actually really brutal, which it should be. Mm. If he's hitting you in the head with a pickaxe, it's going to hurt. Oh, God, it hurts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it hurts a lot. It's on a falling swing. You know, if he's lifting his lift over his head and he's bringing a pickaxe down on you, it should be yeah. painful. If he brings um, it down on Vicious Sid's head whilst he's going for his groin, then they're both dead. Yeah, both have been, both have been both happy. Have, both yeah, are very unhappy story. about what happens in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, both of them have been cut in half just from from different ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when he keep he, when he can keep up with your troop more, he can use shove more. And shove is really good. It's zero energy for a two inch yeah, push, yeah. which is nice. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, yeah, and like zero. I think sometimes you can you can forget zero in zero energy abilities and how useful. Because obviously, I remember Mark shoving himself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, because it used to not be target other. Um, I think for oh, I was playing wrong. Or yeah, you are playing wrong. <laughs> I, I, I remember you shoving himself at the kid. This can't work. Feel right. <laughs> like, he pushes himself in the back. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely. Um, 
Cool. That's all of them. God, that was a lot this time. <laughs> Good to get through that. Um, any, because we're an hour and a half in, I won't go for too much longer. Um, I think for me, uh, I think all, all the changes are, are appropriate in that they either make things more consistent or they make models that weren't being used better or make models that were too good. Yeah, all just clarification as well. Slightly good. nerfed, which yeah. is fine, and it's, it clarifies things. Um, so, yeah, I, I, when I was reading them, I was like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, um, that makes sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, no, we, 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 we were good with them. And I, I, was, I was sad about the change to Wasp, but I do agree with what I do. And I was slightly sad about the change to Gothica. Oh, Diana's going to die more. But, but she she can bring along Herbert and hide in his forests now. She can, she can. Um, yeah, or, or or I'll just be cheeky and bring Diana and Rage. Then you know, get them to. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, I think that, that was yeah, definitely our main aim with this. Was sort of first port of call. Um, was to just sort of make everything very consistent and clear now that we sort of Goblin King games went full time we had the time to sort of sit all of the cards down and go through okay what makes sense this which which wording here makes the most sense now we make it consistent across all cards which thing here makes the most sense let's look at the long stank stage and analyze that we sort of we've yeah. had more time to do all this in depth and yeah we're hoping this really makes it the best possible game Cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I really yeah. like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it too. Make makes a lot of sense. Cool. I think that's fair. everything. I think really can't give anything else to add. Um, I can shamelessly plug my next tournament. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm going to shamelessly plug my next tournament happening on the 29th of July in Bristol. It's about this four rounds of uh, Moonstone. So um, come along. It'd be good to see you all. To take the new um, Errata for a spin as well as the new Goblin box, which should hopefully you can hear me touching wood, should be out by then. Lovely, I'm just sad because I thought I was going to be able to make it. I, I think I could possibly do that. Come to Bristol and do it. And then, and then my wife reminded me that it's it's my father in law's 70th birthday and I can't. I'm going to go on a nice holiday to this huge villa that he's paid for with, with a swimming pool and things. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. No, you should definitely make it down for one of those again. It'd be nice. To see. Yeah, I think no, we've yeah, only yeah, ever played yeah. one game, haven't we? Yeah, uh, I think you and I have only played one game. Yeah, on that yeah. first tournament. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, I, I, every time I see one of your tournaments, like, oh, I wonder if I can get to Bristol. Um, I've got family there. Obviously, Tom lives nearby, and you know, I know I can stay with him. So, um, so yeah, I do, I do keep thinking I could try and do it um, sometime. And I keep thinking I, I need to do one in Norfolk as well again. I haven't done that for a long time. Um, yeah, yeah. I think there's enough players around the country now that I would get enough people to do it. Yeah, I'm thinking because like Easter I won't be able to do one maybe too soon now, but I'm thinking I'll try and do one in summer as well, maybe like in August, and um, try and do it another tournament in, in Norfolk because um, they were they were always fun to run. Yeah. Um, mm. They're, they're even easier now with the help of long shanks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Cool. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. Um, so the next uh, episode should be the next chapter of the story. Like I said, I've got in uh, sort of three quarters of it. I've got the the whole story is planned out, but 
actually writing the thing. And it's it's an interesting one. So this is a bit of a tangent at the end, which we haven't done yet. Ooh, first tangent, <laughs> right, an hour and a half in. That's that, pretty good for us, Joe. <laughs> that's, that's unheard of. It is unheard of. Um, the it's interesting writing these writing these stories because I'm writing them because I've, I've written stories before because I quite like writing, but I'm now I'm having to write it, imagining saying it, not imagining reading it. So it's it's actually slightly different writing a writing a narrative to be heard rather than to be read. Yeah, I have to think. Well, how would I say that? And I have to think. Well, how how would Jack say that? Because Jack's doing the 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 what will be a main character. Um, so it's been interesting change to have to write like that. Um, so yeah, but I'm quite enjoying it. But it's finding the time. I'm so I, I I'm hoping that. So again, I'm recording this on the 29th of March, which is two days before my Easter holiday. I'm a teacher, so I'm off for two weeks, and it's it's always very very busy as a teacher at the end of the term because you've got loads of stuff to do. So I'm not be able to do any writing for a while. But I'm hoping over the Easter holidays I'll have time to really crack on and write the next chapters i'm hoping to do four in all but i'm now thinking i might split it to five um so yeah so next one should be should be the next chapter and yes for those of you who commented there will be another cliffhanger at the end <laughs> um and there will even be a tangent in it as well so why not? <laughs> uh, and then there might even be a fourth wall break in it too so there's lots of things to look forward to <laughs> uh cool all right well thanks a lot joe for yeah, another yeah. one it's been good um Really pleased that I've got better internet now because we had no issues with technology in this one, which is nice. Yeah, All yeah, nice yeah, and clear. Yeah. Um, nice really? to have Jack here as well, Jack. So nice to have a, a three-person podcast for a change. That's great. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. Um, and I keep thinking I'm going to do see you next time. I, that's, that's, that's the YouTube, not this one. But um, yeah, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. We'll catch you on the next one. And now we'll work out.